Good morning and welcome everybody. I'm Ashley Ragstell. I'm the Executive Director for the Healing Words Foundation and I am filling in today as the Prairie Doc Radio host. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Rick and Joni Holm. We're here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. Again, that's 605-692-1430. With us today to answer your questions is uh, Dr. Jill Cruz. Dr. Cruz's specialty is family medicine. She works at the Brookings Health System and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Cruz. Good morning. How is your less than hot day today going? So far, so good. So let's get out the the fun thing out of the way. If you didn't know, Dr. Cruz is part of um, our new production here in town, Willy Wonka. So congrats on the production. I know you guys had a successful weekend last weekend. Yes. Uh, What are our show times this weekend? Okay, so Friday and Saturday, the show starts at 7, and on Sunday we have a matinee at 2 o'clock. And who are you in this production? I am playing Mrs. Gloop. So I am the mother of Augustus Gloop, who is the one that falls in the chocolate river and eats way too much chocolate. So I I get to throw out uh, my German heritage and uh, sport a German accent for most of the show. I love this. I did see a lot of great pictures from last weekend. Mm-hmm. I do have several friends, and then their children are in it. And I know that I heard rave reviews about it. Where do we go to get tickets? And is it at the Performing Arts Center on campus? Yep, it's at the Performing Arts Center on campus. You can get tickets at the Cove um, Nutrition Center, and you can also get them online with um, Brookings Community Theater's website. Perfect. Or at the box office at, at the time of the show. Going. So. So if you haven't or have any don't have any plans this weekend, make sure you head out this weekend to see uh, Dr. Cruz in her uh, different role. Yes. Uh, and uh, see Willy Wonka. So Dr. Cruz, this week on our Prairie Doc blog, uh, Dr. Ellsworth writes about West Nile virus. So what what is West Nile virus? So West Nile virus is a virus that is passed by mosquitoes. So this is the time of year when people get it. Um, summer, early fall, when mosquitoes are out and biting. Um, It is a viral illness. um, The good news is about 80% of people who contract it really don't have any symptoms. So it's it's usually a pretty mild, uh, if you do have it, uh, that remaining 20% that do get symptoms, it's usually like headache, body aches, joint pain, vomiting, diarrhea. Sometimes people will get a rash. So it sounds like kind of any other cold. It, it's it's one of those where it's kind of hard to, is this West Nile? Is this just a cold? Is it something else? Because there's so many overlapping symptoms. But if you say, hey, I was out camping or hey, I was out fishing or I was out and I got a lot of mosquito bites and now a couple of days later, I am feeling crummy that could definitely be something that we would consider and uh, look for. I know Dr. Ellsworth on his essay was talking about most of the time with those symptoms lately, we think COVID, right? Yes. And so, but as a reminder, there are other things out there that can kind of have those same symptoms Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, When you do uh, uh, contract that, what's, what's the plan for recovery? So with this, like I said, the majority of people just don't have any symptoms. Those that do have symptoms most are mild. The elderly, immunocompromised, or very young can get more serious symptoms. And um, 
there's like a one in 150 chance of having those serious symptoms where you end up with like meningitis or an infection of the brain and that's more serious. Those people end up in the hospital. Um, and there are even a few deaths um, every year due to West Nile, but again, very, very rare um, for that to happen. Uh, Regardless of how severe it is, unfortunately, there is no medication for it. There is no vaccine for it. Um, really, the only thing we can do is try to prevent the mosquitoes from biting in the first place by using bug spray, something that has DEET in it, um, to prevent the mosquitoes from biting you. And um, But once you have it, we do what we call supportive treatment. So, okay. you know... Tylenol, ibuprofen for the fevers, make sure people drink lots of fluids, don't get dehydrated. And if they're in the hospital, we try to support um, them as best we can with resources we have available. Have we been seeing cases of those recently here? Um, I would say it's not something that we get lots of reported cases. Actually, before the show, I was looking up on CDC's uh, website, kind of the um, data for South Dakota and we'll go from having less than 100 cases most years. Some years there was a couple years there was in like the 200s. But generally there aren't too many reported cases because it's not something we generally test for. Sure. Uh, you really have to have what we call a high index of suspicion to test for this. Um, one, because if you do the test, you're not going to do anything different. You know, so... Um, is it just a blood test then? It's a blood test okay. that we would do, yep. But again, it's not on a routine, you know, if you, without specifically saying, are you testing for this, it, it wouldn't be something that you would get with a routine blood test like a CBC or a BMP. It, you have to specifically do a West Nile blood test for it. Sure. So you talked about DEET for clothing. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, we live in a state where we see lots of winter weather, so we mm -hmm. want to take advantage of being outside. Right. Um, what kind of places should we avoid, uh, particularly when it's just like yesterday when it was so hot? So hot. Yeah. So, um, you know, mosquitoes like to lay their eggs in stagnant water. So get rid of any of these standing pools of water. So if you've got, you know, a rain barrel that's just sitting there, make sure it's covered so the mosquitoes can't get into it. Or if you've got, like, kind of this low-lying pond, marshy area, that would probably not be the best place to uh, go out, especially in the evening hours. That seems to be early evening is when mosquitoes get most active. So, you know, wearing long sleeves also helps um, with things. So you're kind of covering that skin. Uh, so, Dr. Cruz, we'll be going on our first break here shortly. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and our podcast. Give us a call now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address and get your name entered into our monthly summer drawing for one of Dr. Holmes' books. Again, that number is 605-692-1430. We will return following this informative message from Avera Medical Group. Everyone should have smoke alarms and carbon monoxide detectors in their homes. Carbon monoxide is an odorless, colorless gas that can cause sudden illness and death. Take a few minutes to ensure your alarms are in good working order. Replace the battery at least once a year. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. 
Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Ashley Ragsdale, and Dr. Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call with your questions and get your name entered into our monthly summer drawing for one of Dr. Holmes' books at 605-692-1430. Dr. Cruz, uh, it's none of the fun stuff we're talking about today, so we just talked about West Nile. Uh, The other thing that's coming up in the news lately is monkeypox. What do we need to know about monkeypox? Yes, so monkeypox. You know, I first learned about monkeypox at SDSU when I was getting my master's in microbiology, and I took a class in medical and veterinary virology and saw horrible pictures in the book of monkeypox. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad that's not here. And now (laughs) here it is. Um, So monkeypox is in kind of the pox family of viruses. So think about the other animals, the chickenpox, the smallpox, cowpox, which we don't hear about anymore and monkeypox so they're all in kind of that family um monkeypox really wasn't something we saw here because it's um host is generally monkeys and we don't have too many monkeys running around in south dakota so we were generally pretty safe but now that is changing there's getting more cases um i know the state department of health in south dakota did report the first case of monkeypox in eastern south dakota um, at the end of July, I think it was July 22nd, was when it was first uh, found in South Dakota. So how do you get monkeypox? Is it like chickenpox? I know that's something, it's, you know. It's a direct contact. So you have to come in contact with uh, fluid from those um, pox pustules. Okay. So, yeah. Um, is it more common in children or adults, or is it does it spread pretty quickly it, as well? It doesn't really. I wouldn't say there is a children versus adult anyone can get it um obviously none of us have had monkeypox so right. it's, it's it's spreading easily through that person to person contact now it's not respiratory like covid is so that makes it a little bit easier so if i'm you know standing away from you i'm not going to get it you know it's it has to be direct contact with that infected do um how do we keep from getting it is it just mm-hmm. making sure that we're what, what are we looking for we're looking for the pox um, virus and so basically the pox is it's it's a pustule and the problem with it is it changes throughout the the two weeks that you have the the pustule so it'll start like kind of a little bump and then it'll look kind of like a pimple and then it'll kind of get a center umbilication or a little dent in it so it looks more like kind of a little donut and then eventually it'll scab over once the scab falls out, the person is no longer infectious. But anytime from the start of the bump through the scab falling off, they're potentially infectious. If that area keeps covered, you know, that lowers the risk of contamination or spread to other people. But that's how it is spread through direct contact from the viruses living in that pustule. So with chickenpox, there's a vaccine. Yes. Is there a vaccine for monkeypox? I, I mean, no. I actually don't know. No, nope. so. there's not a vaccine for monkeypox. There are some medications that have been given emergency authorization, some antivirals, uh, by the FDA for emergency use for monkeypox. Um, honestly, I don't know how. I mean, that would be something that you you couldn't go to Lewis right now and say, hey, I want the. Sure. I have a prescription for this <laughs> yeah. monkeypox medication. They would definitely have to order that in, and it would take a couple days for it to come in. The test for monkeypox, also, uh, Avera just sent out an email. If we want to test for monkeypox, it is a special 
test that has to get sent to Mayo. So again, it's not something we're going to have back in, you know, sure. 15 minutes like we will do with the COVID test. So this is a send out to Mayo, and I'm sure they're getting lots of tests from lots of different areas um, going over that. So how what can we do to reduce our risk of getting it? Mm-hmm. So I, I would say just watching your person-to-person contact if someone has a rash you know get into your doctor and get it checked out the monkeypox rash tends to be more on the face and the extremities uh, more so than on the trunk so it spreads from kind of the outside of the body inward Um, and yeah if you have a concern get in to see your doctor they'll probably be be, if it were me I'd be pulling out the dermatology book and and looking at pictures and kind of trying to compare what we see on you because this is new I don't know any physician that's unless you've done a mission trip to Africa that's seen monkeypox. If you do contract it, are you, is it, is the recommendation for doctors to stay at home until yes. you have yep. those? Okay. Isolate, isolate until those scabs have fallen off and then you're no longer contagious. So Dr. Cruz, we have a question here. What's the danger in accidentally swallowing a piece of denture liner? Um... I would say if, if it's kind of like those flexible, like the C-bond. I'm assuming yes. that's what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, I would say it depends on how big of a piece. But if it's just a tiny piece, probably nothing. No worse than swallowing your gum. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's Is it pass. something you'd pass? Then yeah. yeah. It would probably just go through your system and you'd pass, pass okay. it in your stool. So I would not be too concerned about that. Um, you know, I always say if someone's concerned about something they ingested, call calling the poison control number and they can ask um i had a patient one time that uh, their child ate an entire tube of chapstick <laughs> like not the, the yeah. t- chapstick yes. on the side and yeah. side you know like is that dangerous they're like no it'll just make them poop <laughs> so it, it's a kind of a laxative so you know so there are things that we ingest that are not harmful to the body um like i said denture liner it will it probably won't be any worse than swallowing a piece of paper or swallowing your gum which does not stay in your stomach for seven years that is a total myth (laughs) your mother lied to you (laughs) obviously though if they're having trouble swallowing or something Mm -hmm. like that they should go see a medical professional get checked out yep yeah yep for things that are swallowed foreign objects that we are worried won't pass um usually we'll send someone to the emergency room the surgeon will go down with a scope and then we'll retrieve that object uh, things that we really worry about are like button batteries because if they break open that acid sure battery acid would be released and that's highly caustic magnets uh, especially if there's like two little magnets and then they get stuck together that can cause uh, the bowel to die and then we'd have to do a bowel resection to remove that um and larger things but you know coins basically quarters and smaller can pass okay so that seems like it's, really, it's not it's fun going out yeah. but it it will pass seems like something that is really large but yeah. uh, good to know uh, if you do have a concern please contact your medical professional but uh, most yeah. of the time probably you're pretty but, pretty but probably safe. yeah if it wasn't the entire liner you're probably fine true so this week on our on call with the prairie doc we are talking about ophthalmology Yes. What What is an ophthalmologist? That is an eye specialist who went to medical school, different than an optometrist, uh, which they go to optometry school. My brother is one, so I can kind of rag on him. Um, optometrists go to optometry school, and they're the ones that do your routine eye exams. You know, is this better, one or two? 
three or four, you know, and are flicking the little lenses. They're the ones that fit your glasses. An ophthalmologist is one is a physician who studied eye diseases. Okay. They're the ones that do the surgery, like cataract surgery, um, surgery for glaucoma. So they're the ones in the hospital that are, are doing those procedures. Perfect. Uh, it's time for us to go on our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like for us to address. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Tobacco can lead to tobacco, nicotine dependence, and serious health problems. Quitting smoking has immediate as well as long-term benefits for you and your loved ones. Make the decision to be smoke-free. Stopping smoking is associated with many health benefits. If you smoke, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. That's 784-8669. Or call the Avera Medical Group Brookings for help to quit smoking today. 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Ashley Ragsdale, and Dr. Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions today. Give us a call with your questions and get your name into entered into our monthly summer drawings for one of Dr. Holmes' books at 605-692-1430. So, Dr. Cruz, before a break, we were talking about ophthalmology. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the show on Thursday talks about cataracts. What do we need to know um, what What is cataracts? Yep. So a cataract is a, a clouding of the lens. So basically, if you think about your glasses or being lenses that you can see through, if you have dirty glasses, you're not going to see well and see clearly. So basically, these are the lenses in your eyes that are cloudy, makes it hard to see. You can get rings around light, especially hard to see at night. Colors get muted and dulled. Um, it's something that progresses slowly over time, so people don't realize how bad it's gotten usually until they've had the surgery, and they're like, wow, this is, it was really bad. But it's such, it's usually a gradual development. Um, it is more common in the elderly, but there is a type of cataract called congenital cataracts that uh, children can be born with and okay. needs to be treated. So it can happen at any age, but we generally associate it with people who are older. So with cataracts, is the only solution to that surgery then? For the most, that's the most curative uh, solution to it. I mean, people can try to get glasses to help, but it's not going to fix the problem. So no preventative measures then. It's just something that happens over time, unless it's congenital. Yeah, Yeah. I would say, you know, healthy eating, trying to, you know, protect your eyes from sunlight. So wearing sunglasses when you're outside and bright lights, that is helpful for that but is this something we were talking about ophthalmologists versus mm-hmm. optometrists right. is this something if you're going to regular eye appointments every year that your optometrist would be able to watch for yes yep they will be able to pick that up and and find that and then refer you to an ophthalmologist when we talk about waiting until cataracts are mature before they do surgery on them and um and I'm not an ophthalmologist, so I, I don't know why we have to wait for them to mature, but they do. They wait until sure. it, it's fully developed before they uh, place the lens and, and replace that with the cataract surgery. And cataract surgery is a really, it's amazingly how quick this procedure is. It will take you longer to check in at the front desk of the hospital and go through <laughs> all your insurance information than it is to actually do the procedure. It's, it's a quick in and out. You're going home the same day. Uh, they usually do one eye, and then about two weeks later, they'll do the other eye. So, Can you get repeated cataracts? 
Uh, that is a very good question. I believe so. Okay. But I I really don't know. <laughs> yeah, watch the show. Maybe they'll talk about it. There you go. I, I know for myself, um, years ago in our house here in Brookings, we, have this, we had an amazing lilac bush. And mm-hmm. I was wearing contacts at the time. And um, the it was windy, as it is here in South Dakota. And mm-hmm. the um, wind hit the bush, hit my eye, mm-hmm. and slashed mm-hmm. my eye op- uh, open there. Uh, our optometrist here in town said, really, it was my contact that saved. But they oh. had to remove some of the lens mm-hmm. um and it was a good lesson in science about just how amazing the eye is about regeneration yes. and how quickly it happens um and all those things uh that happen and also i avoid lilac bushes like crazy now there so you go. uh glaucoma mm-hmm. what what is glaucoma so glaucoma is talking about the pressure inside the eye and it's a condition that damages the retina or the the nerve uh, back wall of the eye and the optic nerve that sends the visual signal back to the eye so people usually talk about a gradual loss of peripheral vision it'll kind of turn into tunnel Um, with different types there is one where you will get a sudden loss in vision Um, so those there's like i said different types of open angle, closed angle glaucoma. Uh, But we're really talking about this is where the eye doctor, the optometrist does that little puff on your eye. That's checking your eye pressure with that. Is this, is glaucoma traditionally those that are getting older that get it or can it affect even younger people as well? tends to be older. Um, High blood pressure is a risk factor for this. Age is definitely a a risk factor for it. so it is something that we do manage with we can do drops uh, there can be laser treatments there can be surgery for it so there's lots of different options for managing glaucoma um, but it is something that is important to know because it can lead to blindness if it's untreated so this is another one of those um if you have the opportunity to go to an eye doctor every year mm-hmm. uh, as those preventative measures right. that are really great to um ward off or at least allow you to continue to um, have your doctor monitor those things for future reference so exactly and that's not something that your family doctors i can't see the pressure in your eye i don't have that equipment so i can't measure it when i'm looking in your eye i'm looking back at the optic nerve and i'm i'm looking at things but remember when you're going to your family doctor i'm looking at you in a room that has the lights on your eyes aren't dilated, and I've got a tiny little handheld device. Right. So um, do not trust all of your... Well, I saw my family doctor, and they looked in my... Yeah, I looked in your eye, but I don't have the equipment, right. the training. I don't have your... You know, when you go to the eye doctor, they're going to dilate your eyes. A lot of the time, you're in a dark, dimly lit room where your eyes, your pupils can really dilate, and they can get a much better look with their equipment compared to what I have so um, definitely don't um, think that, yep, I saw my family doctor. My eyes are good. I can't test for your pressure, to, you know, for glaucoma. I can't, you know, I can see if cataracts are starting to form, but, um, you know, definitely not to the level that your optometrist and ophthalmologist can. So the next thing as part of this show on Thursday, tomorrow is macular degeneration. Mm-hmm. What, what do we need to know about that? So macular degeneration, there, there's something that's called an Amsler's grid where it'll, you'll look at this grid and it's straight up and down lines and then there's a dot in the center. And people that have macular degeneration, the lines will look s- distorted and wavy. Okay. And uh, that's because the macula, again, we're talking about the back eye, is 
is dying and it, it's not um, healthy anymore. So that can really cause um, vision problems if not properly treated. And it can lead, again, unfortunately, to blindness if not treated. So when you go into your doctor and mm-hmm. you're doing all those tests, mm-hmm. how do you um, – they're looking for the wavy lines if you're mm-hmm. having those problems. Yep. How, how do you fix macular degeneration? Uh, you talk to the ophthalmologist, and I'm, I believe this is one where they'll do the injections into the eye, which... Okay. Um, Sounds a little scary. Uh, y- yes. <laughs> okay. I, I will... My first time shadowing with ophthalmology was actually my brother's boss, because... My brother's optometrist works with an ophthalmologist. I was in college. I was shadowing. I saw him do an intraocular injection, and that was the first and only time in my life that I fainted (laughs) and embarrassed my brother to no end uh, because, yes, I I waited until the syringe hit the table, and then I promptly hit the floor and decided that ophthalmology was not for me. I feel like needle to the eye would probably, uh, yes, yes, absolutely not something mm-hmm. I would want to experience. No. They do numb up the eye before they do sure. it, but I, I was feeling a lot of sympathy pains for that particular yeah. patient that day, and in college, I wasn't quite prepared for that. Is this a repeated injection, or is it yes. a one? Oh, oh. It's a repeated. Yeah. yeah, no thanks. Yeah. Um, for macular degeneration, is this something that also is traditionally seen in older? older? Yep. Uh, can it happen in younger kids too? Um, I'm not exactly sure on that one. I would have yeah. to look that one up again. Eyes. There's a reason that <laughs> it gets its own specialty all by itself because they are so complex, and you know it's it's a direct connection to your brain. I mean, your your optic nerve goes straight into your brain. It's the closest organ to your brain. They are highly complex. You know, when you think about all the motions that your eyes can do, all the different layers, all the problems, and and it's a fluid-filled organ, and fluid can't compress. So, I mean, there's so much going on with the different layers. The eyes are fascinating and highly complex, and I was so glad to get over that section in med school (laughs) because it was hard. Um, Dry eyes. I know that, um, especially right now, so... If we're talking about dry eyes and we're talking about allergies, mm-hmm. I know in my family, especially um, in the summertime, grass gives us problems and mm-hmm. stuff like that. What can we, is there a um, solution for more than just allergies, eyes, but what if you mm-hmm. have chronic dry eyes? Yep. Is So um, there people that have chronic dry eyes can talk to the ophthalmologist. Sometimes they can do uh, plugs in the tear ducts so they don't drain as quickly. Because people know when you're crying, your nose runs. That's because your tear ducts run into the back of your sinuses. Okay. And that's why your nose runs when you're crying because it's tears coming down into your nose. Okay. Um, so they can bl- block, block those so you have less drainage of the tear ducts. And you can keep the eyes moister. Uh, there are artificial tears. Please don't use Visine. <laughs> Visine's horrible. Um, eye doctors hate Visine. Okay. It's, it's really bad. Um, but for allergies, um, Alloway, Pataday, those used to be prescription only. Now they're over the counter. They really help. Um, they're kind of topical antihistamines for the eyes that can help with those allergy symptoms. It's time for us to go on our final break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. We have just a few minutes left for you to call in with your questions and get your name entered into our monthly summer drawings for one of Dr. Holmes' books at 605-692-1430. We will return following the informative message from Avera Medical Group. 
Drinking and driving is a threat to everyone. Did you know that every day about 30 people in the United States die in a motor vehicle crash that has involved an alcohol-impaired driver? This amounts to one death every 51 minutes. Driving drunk is never okay. Choose not to drink and drive and help others to do the same. And remember to buckle your seatbelt every time you are in the car. The Avera Medical Group Brookings is concerned about your health and safety. Please call 697-9500 if you have health concerns. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Ashley Ragstell, and Dr. Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. So, Dr. Cruz, we were talking about allergies um, and the complexity of eyes. I think sometimes we forget um, that they're an organ and how much, um, whether what you do with them, what you put on them, um, affects every other part of your body. Mm -hmm. Is there... um, for allergies, is there? We were talking about eye drops and all those kind of things. Is there any other recommendations that you have for, for eye health? Eye aller- yes. Yeah. So for eye allergies, um, you know, there are the nasal steroids help with that. So you know, people talk about Flonase. There is one called uh, Flonase. It's called Sensamist. It used to be labeled Veramist. It used to be prescription only, and now it's over the counter, which is great. It's a really fine mist for people that hate that water up the nose feeling you get with other nasal steroids this one is such a fine i've tried it um and it's really it's it's a little puff you don't even feel anything uh, when it goes but that one has been approved for eye allergy symptoms as well as the nasal you know runny nose drippy nose with allergies so that one helps with that kind of itchy scratchy watery eyes that you get with allergies um and then the over-the-counter um you know claritin zyrtec allegra all of those um can help as well and you can just head over to any of your pharmacies, mm-hmm. ask your pharmacist, make yep. sure you're looking at your other medications and exactly. whatnot. Um, but then you'll be able to uh, hopefully get some, you know, help Relief. with those. Yeah, from those. Um, ophthalmology, I feel like it's definitely one of those complex subjects we mm-hmm. don't think about. Um, is there anything else off the top of your head that you can um, think that people should be looking out for for eye health? I mean, that's a very broad question. It is a very broad question. I would say protect your eyes. Um, You know, if you're doing woodworking, you know, metalworking especially, you would not believe the number of people that come into the ER with metal fragments in their eyes, and then we have to literally dig it out, which is not pleasant for anyone involved. Uh, So protect your eyes. Wear goggles, you know, wear eye protection when you're, doing anything where there could be fragments going in the air or particles in the air because you don't want to get something. Uh, If you feel like there's something on your your eye, you know, definitely flush it out, rinse it out, and then come in and we can do an exam and look and see if there is a scratch to the eye, what we call corneal abrasion, um, and then treat that. So definitely check because sometimes stuff can get, you know, caught underneath the eyelid and then you you know, every time you blink, now you're scratching the eye repeatedly. Yeah. Before we go, please make sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television in the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Tomorrow, August 3rd, we will be rebroadcasting the show More Than Meets the Eye. Prairie Doc host Andrew Ellsworth is joined by Drs. Elise 
and Ryan Gertis with Ophthalmology Limited. They will answer viewer questions about vision problems, including cataracts, glaucoma, and macular degeneration. Lots of big words there. There. So tune in this Thursday at 7 p.m. on South Dakota Public Broadcasting or on the Prairie Doc Facebook page. We've hoped you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program, and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera medical group brookings uh big thanks to dr cruz today for joining us as we talk about um ophthalmology and monkeypox and west nile yeah. it's a, a a lot of different things um this morning thanks dr cruz for joining us yes, thanks for having me please follow the prairie doc on facebook and youtube for free and easy access to the entire prairie doc library visit www.prairiedoc.org and look for Prairie Doc wherever you find podcasts. Uh, As Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.